You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Everybody and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Couldn't be happier. The last week of no football on my television, and we're joined by maybe the best guest in the history of the show. I don't think there's any question it's the best guest in the history of the show. Um, that I hope none of our other guests that have been on the show are listening. <laughs> but they um, aren't. They but, are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Uh, we do have Josh Pate from Late Kick with Josh Pate, 24-7 Sports, CBS Sports. He just does everything. His show is absolutely blowing up, and that's why I wanted to have him on. I mean, it seems like he is captain of the Twitter train right now. It, he's got videos galore. He's got a bunch of cool takes. And, Josh, we just appreciate you being with us today. Yeah, well, I just want to frame it up. So, first off, thank you for having me on. Secondly, the um, the best guest we've ever had on this podcast, your words, not mine, is a dude who has not changed shirts in the better part of a year and in his spare time hops freight trains, which is a felony in all 50 states. And so what state does that put the podcast in is what I want to know. Uh, it's, it's a bad uh, No state. change. It's, no change at all. Um, I, would, I would say we're at best Delaware. If you're going to ask us what state we're at, we're at best Delaware – we're not anywhere close to anything else in New England or out west. We're not a fun state. We're we're Delaware. What a t-shirt idea, though. At best, Delaware is if you don't already have the merch off the ground, that is your franchise merch piece. I think. Patent pending, Josh. Patent pending, um, Josh. I want to get this started. Uh, I thought you had a great take the other day on Texas A and M, and really their paranoia. Uh, centered around Texas joining the SEC. First of all, just give us a rant on what do you think about Oklahoma and Texas and possibly other teams joining the SEC. And secondly, why don't you just uh, recap what you talked about Texas A&M uh, and, and really their their fear of Texas joining this conference? Well, it's tough for me because when we heard the news, the first thing that pops in my mind, and I'm sure you guys are the same way, is I pictured Alabama in Norman, Oklahoma. Like, I pictured Florida Gators playing in Austin, Texas. I mean, that's incredible. Like, obviously, that appeals to the senses of even a casual sports fan who may not even be a diehard college football fan. But for college football fans, that's off the charts insane. And I grew up in the Deep South. I grew up in Columbus, Georgia. So I understand how important that SEC brand is. I mean, we eat, sleep, and breathe it everywhere in Georgia. Yada, yada, yada. So everyone listening to the podcast feels that way. But then... I start zooming out because I really appreciate college football overall. And um, I think maybe even disproportionately, I appreciate the national scope of it relative to just my buddies back home. And so I started asking myself, what does the rest of college football look like? And now everyone's asking that question too. And it's been funny because about 10 minutes in, I started to really be turned off by the concept of that happening because I thought about Domino 2, 3, 4, 10, 20, and 30 and what that looks like in a chain reaction in the sport because as we have seen in the last round of conference realignment things get off the rails really quickly you hear some crazy stuff really quickly and so i just wonder if you appreciate the regionality and you appreciate there being compartments within college football then i don't know that it's a great thing now in terms of pure competitive saturday any given weekend of the year in college football you're going to get some great product 
I just don't know if the reward outweighs the risk because I think it's an existential, and I rarely use that word, an existential risk to the overall fabric of the game as we've known it. And I've said that a lot, and I've gotten people pushed back, oh, you just don't like change. Well, yeah, sometimes I don't like change. Change is very case-by-case for me as to whether it's going to be good or not. Um, So let me stop there, okay? So the A&M thing – if I can pretend to play host on this podcast for a second, let's pause before we get to the A&M part. Cause I'm really interested because you guys watch the sport every day of the year. Like I do. How do you guys feel about that? How have you talked about that on this show? Jimmy, go ahead. You mean in terms of, well, you mean in terms of Texas and Oklahoma joining the league and how do we talk yeah. about that? Yeah. Like is, is well, it something you totally dived into or is it something you're kind of, Ooh, I don't know about that. No, I I think it's something we've dove into, and I think that our choice as college football fans, Josh, our choice is to embrace the change or or whine about it forever because because the change is coming. If if you think about Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC as maybe the third biggest college football story of the last year, along with free agency – you know, being number one and, and NIL being number two or vice versa, the fact that Texas-Oklahoma joining the SEC is like the third biggest story means if you're not going to embrace change, just don't be a, a college football fan anymore because it's radically changing in front of our eyes and we can embrace it or we can do something else with our time like fish, which actually sounds pretty good. But uh, I'm, I'm going to try to stick with football and college football in particular. So to me, I'm embracing it because what choice do I have? And secondly, it is fun. As you pointed out initially, Josh, Alabama playing Oklahoma is great. Alabama playing Texas is great. Uh, I look forward to Texas and Oklahoma playing an SEC schedule and saying, hey, you know, back when we said our Big 12 round robin was tough, uh, we were lying. This is tough. It's tough to play Ole Miss and Oxford. It's tough to play South Carolina and Columbia. You guys don't stop talking about how good Alabama, Georgia, and LSU are, but winning any game on the road in the SEC is tough. I I look forward to all of that. So I'm embracing it just simply because, hey, if you're just going to hate change, then this is not the right sport for you right now. Josh, I'm going to give you my take on it right after I give a couple of live reads here. One for betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is the place to go if you want to get that bet in. Use promo code Locked On. Get a 50% welcome bonus. It's free money. Jimmy and I just give y'all money, and we rarely get a thank you. But we should. But BetOnline will thank you with that free money. And then you can go bet on whatever college football thing you want to. They got all kind of futures. They got odds on Heismans. You can bet on reality TV. Yes, that reality TV. The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, something about the housewives, which one gets drunk as fast. I don't know. I hadn't done it. I'm not I'm not into it. But you might be. And if you are, you can go bet on it at betonline.ag. You can play poker. You can play blackjack. You can play roulette. Use promo code locked on free money at betonline.ag. Also want to tell you about Rock Auto, rockauto.com, all the parts your car will ever need, Rock Auto. You know the jingle. I sing it all the time. It's in my head. I can't get rid of it. I'm thankful because I'm not a mechanic, but I got a buddy who's a mechanic so I can get my parts at rockauto.com much cheaper than I can at the big box store. And then I can take them to him, save a bunch of money, use that money to go to betonline.ag, use promo code locked on. I'm just making money 
hand over fist over here. I, I don't know want to tell you how to lead your life, but I think if you don't go to Rock Auto and BetOnline.ag, you're failing. That's all I'm saying. Go to RockAuto.com, check them out in the How'd You Hear About Us box, right? Locked on Bama. Jimmy and I would appreciate that. We don't get anything for it. We just want a pat on the back if they'll give us one. Go to Rock hey, Auto. Can I, I don't mean to jump in and add, Reed, but I just did. So right before I jumped on with you guys, uh, we were talking with, how should I put this, a very high-level national client that may advertise on Late Kick. Now, CBS has never pushed me to sell advertising on my show before, so I get to just handpick if I want them or not. Now, this is a big brand, and I would like them, but it was so funny because I was sitting there talking to an ad executive who's probably got more years in the business than I've been alive, and I tried to tell the guy, look, don't worry about your copy. Just tell me what you want. Give me a couple of bullet points and just trust me to deliver it for you. And then I found myself thinking, you idiot, what are you doing talking to this guy in any kind of authoritative manner like this for? So then I quickly backed away. But man, that's how you do an ad read. Tell people they're stupid if they don't patronize the sponsor, but do it respectfully. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the way I look at it. I, man, I'm the, the best, best live guy alive. So, Josh, um, and that brings me to another point that I'll get to in a second. But uh, I want to talk about this Oklahoma, Texas thing joining from my perspective. I, I'm all for it because I'm, I'm with Jimmy. If we don't get on the train of progress here, and I guess I'm going to call it progress, then you're going to get run over by it. And the, the only problem I see, and Josh, this is a real concern for me. I'm afraid the DNA of college football has changed ever so quickly. I, it's like we've been um, – we grew up in a – swamp near the nuclear power plant and there was a leak and now we're just we got three eyes and we're swimming around we got wings and fins and everything else we're not the same creature we were before because we do have free agency we do have a bloated playoff system we do have name image and likeness and kids making a bunch of money for selling milo's tea etc and now we're gonna have super conferences which i'm kind of for but, man, I didn't expect all four of these things to hit so fast at the same time, and it feels like we got NFL on Saturdays now. That's it. Okay, so that's my feeling. Look, I don't, I don't resist change. I just I would really like to properly interpret what the change is and take a couple of minutes because right now, even though I didn't grow up on the West Coast, I'd make it metaphorical to trying to get your balance in the middle of an earthquake. And it feels like we got about three of them going on simultaneously, and I don't know when it ends and what the – what the reimagined foundation of college football looks like when it ends. Obviously, there are fault lines and cracks all over the place, but I just don't know what the new, I guess to use that overused phrase over the past year and a half, the new normal looks like. So, so okay, I appreciate that. So then the second part was the A&M thing. Look, I empathize and also get enraged by listening to Texas A&M fans because on one hand, I understand the whole good faith agreement, et cetera, et cetera, that was done under an old administration at the SEC and, so you got a new sheriff in town. you got new opportunities on the table. Certainly, the SEC, now I don't care what you've got to break. It's unethical maybe, but I don't, the SEC can't say no to taking Texas and Oklahoma. It's just ballgame. Can't say no to that. And so I understand that A&M thought they were rid of Texas, and now they got them right in their backyard again. But, man, oh, man, is it not frustrating to listen to essentially a circus tiger complain about being caged up and not even know the lock's been taken off. It's just, I look at the tiger and I say, get out of your cage, man. You've had a nine-year head start being in this conference. You are now on equal footing at worst if Texas does come over here. You, you no longer have the lock on the cage. You no longer have someone in Austin, Texas, 
that has the odds and the landscape tilted in their favor because the conference is built around them, and you no longer have to constantly look over your shoulder and wonder if Texas is going to jerk that leash and not let you get too far down the road. Man, if you get beat by Texas in this conference, it's because they outplayed you. If you get out-recruited, it's because they beat your tail on the recruiting trail. It's not because the SEC tilted the odds in their favor. And I, here's how I feel, because I have no attachment emotionally, family, or otherwise to A&M. But I highly respect them. And it's, I've been out there. I went out there when Bama played them a couple of years ago. Bama blew them out. Still one of the greatest environments I've ever been on the field for in college football. But I almost look at them, and I think I may think more highly of their ability than some of their own fans, especially older fans do. I don't, I don't know what it is. In Tennessee, they have what they call battered ball syndrome. I think battered Aggie syndrome may be a real thing, too, out in Texas, because it's been amazing to watch the lack of self-awareness of an understanding that you're, you're not a poodle anymore, man. You're a pit bull. Like, you can sustain yourself. You don't need to worry about whoever else. You're already having to deal with Alabama. You seriously think Texas is going to present any kind of challenge you don't already have in Tuscaloosa? I don't get all that. Now, Josh, that's a, that's a great way to put it because it does feel like Texas A&M is the really hot girl who's been in a verbally abusive relationship who has lost her confidence. Like the, the Texas has always said, yeah, I mean, you're cute and I'll keep you around, but, I mean, you'd be better if you had longer legs. I mean. <laughs> longer legs. <laughs> Nobody's with me on that. No, the longer no, no it's, accurate. it's accurate. It's accurate. I, long- I didn't know which. I didn't know which anatomical route we were going to take, but it is accurate. <laughs> well, longer I did have another one. I was. I wrote this one down really quickly because I had this thought. You know, we were talking about being afraid of change coming so quickly. I mean, I think we can all deal with change a little bit at a time. You know, like if we said, okay, we're going to do name, image, and likeness, and then three years later we're going to free agency, and then three years later playoff or whatever. But, you know, if you're at Christmas in your home with your family and your mom comes in and goes, you know, guys, I know I'm 58, 60 years old, but I'm, I've always wanted a boob job. I'm going to get one. You'd be like, okay, this is weird, but if she wants it, that's fine. And then your dad comes in and goes, you know what? I'm getting a boob job too. That's too much change at one time. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of artificial enhancement going on with the sport right now. And I, um, that was one of the most incredibly effectively graphic ways I've ever heard it put. And if that's not clipped, if that's not clipped and all over the place by sundown tomorrow, then someone on this show has failed. Well, we fail. Uh, we fail consistently. We fail consistently. It's the motto of the show. But you know, one, one, thing about, <laughs> but one thing about, about this too, and I know Texas A&M is upset. I, I, Josh put it perfectly. I empathize with them. And I also want to argue with them at the same time. I, I do feel they were the A&M fans that feel like they one-upped Texas back in 2011 and got their win over Texas now feel like they've lost their biggest win over Texas ever. I get it. But now I know they had a, a rivalry before. I, I'm, I'm aware of the history of Texas A&M and Texas and that the winner even got to go to that uh, – uh, House of Ill Repute and the Dolly Parton and Burt Reynolds movie. Uh, I, I, I understand the history of the robbery. But now you add Texas to the SEC against A&M's wishes. Now Texas A&M versus Texas is appointment viewing, hopefully on Thanksgiving Day, and you're going to knock the Detroit Lions right off of Thanksgiving Day. That is a huge game 
now to the point that I would argue, if not for my beloved Alabama, I don't know there's an SEC game I want to watch more than Texas versus Texas A&M, particularly if it's around the Thanksgiving holidays when so many of the rivalry games are. To say nothing of the fact, A&M fans, since y'all joined the SEC, did y'all watch Texas versus Texas Tech? I don't know, but I bet you watch Texas versus LSU. I bet you watch Texas versus Florida. I mean, we've added a lot of great games to college football's inventory and a lot of games that Texas A&M fans should want to see. So uh, to say nothing of now Texas and Texas A&M might be my favorite game in the league that doesn't involve uh, kids recruited by Nick Saban. I think this is a really good selling point. I mean, if I were running PR for the SEC, if I were working for Greg Sankey, I would probably just trumpet what you just said. Well, that's a really good way to put it. And it's also, you know, I'm not going to go as far as to say this, but if I were on a debate stage making that argument, I could actually sell you on the fact that for the next generation, the predominant rivalry in this conference will not be the Iron Bowl. You could make the argument it'll be that one because everything we claim the Iron Bowl is built on, which is accurate, that rivalry will be built on. But I think it'll be more white hot over the coming decade because of how fresh it is and how new the added layer of hatred on the topsoil is. And if you're into the storyline, that's what attracts the national audience. See, the, the local audience, the P1, if you work in the radio industry, they're there because of the football. You throw it out there, they're watching. And so the southern audience is watching just because you've got SEC stickers on the helmet. But someone in Minneapolis, Minnesota, is intrigued by this. Someone in Portland, Oregon, is intrigued by this. And it's on Thanksgiving, too. Uh, yeah, I agree. RIP, Detroit Lions, out of there. Hey, Josh, how yeah. scared are the Kansas State's the Wake Forests, uh, the Texas Techs, uh, how scared are those schools? Because when this realignment starts to go down, and I'll see some more realignment will happen, um, they're going to be nine horseshoe lucky is Vanderbilt for being an SEC founding father. Because if they were, if they didn't have that moniker, then there's no chance that Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt would be getting in this thing. And as it is, they're going to be cashing the same size checks as everybody else, and they're just going to be everybody's whipping boy. Well, you want to know who's really lucky in this even more so than Vanderbilt. What if Missouri didn't make the move when they did? Oh, I mean, that is, that's opportunism to the next level. By the way, hats off to tackling the unexpected hurdle that was the plural form of Wake Forest. Because uh, <laughs> Lesser Man would have succumbed to that totally. So to go back to what you were talking about, this is what sucks about this whole thing. Um, the, the Oregon States or the Kansas States of the world, like those kinds of programs, these are not Alcorn State we're talking about, not to discriminate against state schools, but these are not no-name, random outpost in the middle of a state you've never been to type programs. These are programs that have done stuff occasionally. Kansas State, I mean, has been a quality program at various points in their tenure. Uh, one of the most legendary coaches in college football history resided there twice. And so I don't know where they fit in the new landscape. And I don't know that anyone can make an argument, to me at least, that there's going to be room in any kind of super conference, four of which I don't think we have room for, by the way, at the top level. I don't know that anyone can make the argument that the Kansas states of the world are going to have a seat at the table. And that's when I say it's a shame. And when I say it's change that I haven't necessarily gotten on board with, that's what I'm talking about. But, again, 
I am, I am a diehard, diehard, diehard college football guy. And so if the ball's out there on the field, I'm watching. And I enjoy watching various levels. Like it, it repulses me that the way the sport has been marketed over the past decade is with the context that if there aren't playoff implications directly tied to this game tonight, then don't waste your time watching. Hashtag who's in and all that stuff. I have no problem watching a 5-5 five and five Oregon State team struggle to try and make a bowl at the end of the year. I don't know why I'm talking about Oregon State so much, but I don't know where they are. I don't, it's, like we, it's like we had an artificially built dam. Most dams tend to be artificially built. And then we Bob have Evers, a habitat. Bob Evers. Yeah. Bob Evers. Yeah, no less. Bob, yes. How about that? Bob Evers. Exploration. You can't write that kind of stuff. And so we got a little habitat downstream that, you know, we created and we allowed the uh, Oregon States of the world to exist in the same pond with Alabama. Now, Bama's the shark and Oregon State's just a nice-sized trout, but at least they're still in the same body of water. No, nah, man, you blow up the dam. That environment's gone. I don't know where they go. I don't know what that looks like. Imagine being a conference commissioner or an athletic director who has invested money in, let's say, facility enhancement projects. I mean, you're allocating and earmarking funds several years down the road, and you've always done it basically working off the forward-thinking TV money that you're going to have coming. Well, what if it just dries up and it's not there anymore? There are some things that are already underway. There are some budgets you've already gotten into, and all of a sudden what they tell you you're not going to have the money for it anymore? Like how, does, how do you square that? It's, it's scary times for them. You're absolutely right because all of a sudden, you know, you're making – if you're – and we keep picking on Kansas State or Oregon State or whatever, but you're making all this money uh, being handed down to you from the, the conference – and you're about to not get these checks. I mean, again, I don't know a landing spot for some of these teams. I mean, I keep seeing Kansas and Iowa State in these proposed Big Ten expansions, but I keep wondering, you know, I know Iowa State's been okay in football last year and probably will be this year. Okay, that's fine. But long-term, Kansas is a train wreck. Outside of a couple – one year they went to the Orange Bowl, uh, they have not peed a drop in the on the football landscape and God knows how long. And Iowa State traditionally is an also-ran. So if the Big Ten is serious about keeping up with the Joneses, adding those two football-wise, and football is just about all that matters, adds nothing. So I don't know that there is a landing spot for them. And the traditionalist in me hates that. But at the same time, as we started off the whole conversation, if you don't embrace this change, uh, tough, because it's coming. Yeah, so here's what I'm wondering. Yeah, I'm openly wondering this, too, because I don't pretend to have the answer. We are coming off a generation, a media generation, that was all about markets and getting as many markets into the conference portfolio as possible. That is the only guys with which it would make sense to go after Maryland and Rutgers in athletics, and the Big Ten did that. Um, In the new age, you don't worry about viewership markets. You just worry about overall branding and overall streaming numbers, and it doesn't matter if someone's watching in Miami or Seattle as long as they're watching. Having said that, I wonder if it's really that simple, or I wonder if the more sound strategy is to understand we are building – we're trying to build a product, and let's go find the universities that can promise us over the next 20 years the most consistently above-average to great on-field product. And if that's Iowa State, but the media market's not quite there and it's split with another university, so be it, because we think in the long run, having the highest quality on-field product 
It's what's going to raise the tide that will raise all the ships in there. You could think that, or you could say, nope, that's nonsense. This will always work off media markets and eyeballs, and it's a zero-sum game direct-to-consumer right now, and if you can't promise us that you're going to bring X number of eyeballs, we're not interested. Like, if that's the way it is, then that's the way it is. But I, I just really struggle thinking about how a program that's really made some other programs of infinitely greater resource look stupid, like Iowa State, doing it fractionally compared to resource-wise other universities, I have a really hard time watching that kind of program get told, tough, we don't have a seat for you at the new college football table. It's just new you know, times. Ultimately what, yeah, ultimately what I worry about is, is like Josh has, has described himself as, as, as the ultimate college football fan, I feel that same way about myself. If it's a Thursday night at any point in the past 10 or 12 years and an Iowa State is playing a Kansas State, and I'm an SEC guy, I'm an Alabama guy, I'm an SEC guy, uh, I'm a college football guy, but if Iowa State is playing Kansas State on a Thursday night, and really we all know those games don't happen anymore because the NFL kind of swallowed up Thursday night. But my point is, if Iowa State's playing Kansas State, I'm watching it. And I like the NFL. I, I don't mean that as a negative against the NFL. I love the NFL, too. And, and, and whatever Thursday night game is on in the NFL, I'm interested. doesn't matter who's playing. But as a, as a fan of college football, is the Iowa State versus Kansas State game dead to, to an SEC fan? Is it going to be a group of five game? Is it just not going to be televised? To me, that's incredibly sad because I'm interested. Even as an Alabama fan, as an SEC fan, I'm interested in Kansas State versus Iowa State. And, and I hope we're not heading to a time where that game is like an FCS game. It just doesn't mean anything anymore. And, and I really, really hate that. Uh, I hate that we might be headed in the direction where all anyone cares about is the NFL and what we're creating now, some sort of NFL light uh, that doesn't include uh, the, the Power Five teams that are at the bottom of the Power Five or the group of five teams at all, because as much as I said Iowa State versus Kansas State on a Thursday night, I also will watch Southern Miss versus Tulane on a Thursday night over an NFL game. And uh, I wonder if that's going to be an option for me anymore. And, uh, and for, I say for me anymore, I mean for all of us. Josh, uh, buddy, we appreciate you so much being with the program. You have great viewers ever the other day. I know it's blowing up. And so, uh, man, you, you're just kicking butt, and we love listening to you. Well, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, we'll definitely have you on again sometime if you're up for it. And, uh, buddy, I'll be watching uh, later on tonight. So uh, thanks for being with us. And, Jimmy, roll tide. Roll tide.